Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Another thing to think about is, you know, to going back to the blue light, just light in general is super important for your circadian rhythm. So yeah. like the blue light can affect your sleep, but how you set yourself up for the day also has a big impact. So like getting the natural light in your eyes first thing in the morning. So first thing in the morning, go outside, it doesn't have to be long, just like get the light in your eyes. If you live in a place like me, you know, getting one of those lights. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. I have Dr. Lena Robertson and Oh, I'm going to just be picking her brain. I'm so thankful that she's here. And I was actually, before we got on camera, just thanking her for going through med school because I've got a kiddo going through her residency and it is not easy. So to all the doctors, thank you for all that you do, all that you put in to help people. But we're going to, Dr. Lena is kind of a different kind of doctor now where she's She's a naturopath. She's going to talk about that a little bit, but she's really helping people with the aging process. And you say, how does that connect to divorce? I always want to share what I learn, and I am such a lover of learning. I can't wait to learn more from you about how to age better. And it's especially important to my listeners and to all those going through a gray divorce that we are feeling good at our best, especially if we're going through something really hard. So Dr. Lena, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. So if I understand correctly, you have a background with divorce. You have a story. And I always like to ask my guests to give their authentic story. Right. So I'm actually a child of divorce. My parents divorced when I was 11. And that was definitely a very difficult experience to go through. I ended up going with my dad and he remarried. And so I kind of grew up with the dynamics of like having my mom somewhere, my dad somewhere. I didn't really go back and forth so much. I was mostly with my dad, but I did visit my mom. But you know, I had to accept a stepmom. That didn't always go so smoothly, though right now we're like really great, great friends. She's my mom, my second mom. And, you know, she had kids before, too. So like all of a sudden now I have all these other brothers and sisters and a huge dynamic. And, you know, a big part of what I do is to help parents come up with a great co-parenting plan. I mean, it's so important to me and you've lived it. You understand why parents have to work together and be in alignment. Um, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that does, doesn't mean that it always has to be 50-50. In your case, it right, wasn't. Right. But, you know, sadly, it's hard for children. And most of them really do carry some of the pain. If you can do it right, it can be resilience. And, you know, right. mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And the reason I bring up my my background in growing up in that experience is because 
I feel like the experience, even though it was not perfect, really helped me when I went through my divorce, just seeing how my, my parents were really hippie. And uh, <laughs> like they were like all about, oh, we all get along, you know. And, well, that's kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my mom would come visit my parents' house, my stepmom and my dad, and they just would all be talking. So that's kind of how I grew up. And that's how I was raised. And so I didn't comprehend so much, like when you saw the families, like with all the fighting and like, yeah. you know, although I have seen it, you know, growing up, you know, what my friends were going through, but my experience was very different. And yes, there was definitely times when I told my stepmom, you're not my mom. And right. <laughs> you know, like, it was That's not, normal. Her, it's normal. <laughs> but she was always very accepting of me and, you know, and would stand up for me. And I remember overhearing her one day, when someone was upset at me for something, and she didn't even know I was hearing her, but she was totally standing up for me. And I think that's what finally solidified that like, okay, she's on my team, you know, and she never said anything about my mom that was, you know, derogatory or anything. And so I really appreciated that. You know, it's actually kind of giving me like tears in my eyes to hear you telling this story because your parents did it right. I have studied how children you know, thrive through a divorce or not. And Mm -hmm. there's been lots of studies done. I've had a documentary film producer on who's had some films about it. And the one child out of all of them that she interviewed, she interviewed him and then she did it again in 10 years, Uh was the child who grew up like you, who his parents, even though their family looked kind of funky and different, Mm -hmm. they were all part of the family. He knew he was loved. And so that's such a huge message that is the best thing you can do. So kudos to your parents. And, you know, I don't feel like there's a lot of them out there. I'm hoping that we can change it. So I don't know with your divorce, do you have children? I do. I have three children. And And how did that go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's one thing seeing your parents go through it. It's a whole nother thing going through it yourself, you know, again, it wasn't perfect. (laughs) My divorce, (laughs) but like, I feel like we have tried to do the same. There was definitely a, we, we did a little different than my parents, like, because like I was the stay at home mom, you know, raising three children while my ex-husband worked all the time and he was the breadwinner, right? And so there was this time period of about five years where we kind of were just cohabitating and legally married still, but just not together, yeah. you know, just for, because of financial reasons, yeah. right? It's like, okay. But I was kind of at that point where like we got married so young. I was 19. He was 21. We knew each other for three months, three months. Wow. (laughs) So the fact that we managed to make it work for 17 years and five of those years, we were just cohabitating, but like we actually made it work for 17 years was pretty good. I say. (laughs) I would agree with you. Tell me, when did medical school come in? Yeah. So that kind of came in when, when the whole thing of like, well, we're going to get the divorce or not. And I was thinking, oh my Lord, like I've literally been the stay at home mom for, I don't even remember how many years. I think my youngest was like two at the time and she's 18. So (laughs) this was like a while ago, obviously, but she was about two and my oldest son was maybe 12, 13. And I was like, okay, so how is this going to work? Like I have no job experience, (laughs) like all these years I've spent just raising kids and I loved it. You know, I was there, you know, when you think about paying for childcare, right. And you have two children, it's like, it's better to just stay at home. I know that's the choice a lot of people make. (laughs) Yeah. And I got to see them take their first steps, like, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things I was there. 
so I'm very grateful for that. But then that time came when like, okay, we've like grown apart. Like, you know, we were married so young, we didn't even know who we were. <laughs> and then we just grew apart and we fought a little bit, not terribly, but we were fighting a little bit. And we just realized, you know, this isn't working the way it is. And I wanted to pursue like education and like, that's kind of where, where the divorce thing also happened was like, you know, I felt as my children were growing up, like I wanted more Mm -hmm. than just being a stay at home mom. Yeah. And like, we were not in alignment on that one so much. So that kind of helped spur that too. But then also the fact that, okay, now I need to start making some money for myself because if we're getting a divorce, I'm not going to be supported anymore. So at first, I was like, what is the fastest thing I can do? <laughs> you know, and it was definitely not naturopathic med- medical school. I no, was I was going to say, honey, <laughs> you took like the marathon route. I know. <laughs> I was like, okay, nursing, you know, yeah. you, you can do like two to four years of school and you get out and, you know, instant job access typically. So that's actually where I started. And I was like taking night classes because, you know, I was still the stay-at-home mom. And I was right. like taking the night classes or weekend classes or online classes at first. You know, like one or two classes here and there. So it was like a long process. I think, you know, some people can do the whole eight years of medical school in eight years. I, I took it to 10 years because just because of all that dynamics. That is um, so amazing. I didn't even know this about you. And now I'm like even in more awe. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely determined at that point. Like, okay, you know... <laughs> I need to do something. But like within the first quarter of going to school, going back to school, and I was in, I think I was like 26. Yeah, at this point, like, okay, going back to school at 26. And I was like, okay, so nursing, you know, you do your prerequisites. So I was taking the biology, and you know, all those like anatomy, physiology, yeah. all those prerequisites. And then when I first moved to the Seattle area, there's the Bastyr University, which which is one of the, you know, well-known naturopathic medical schools. And at 18, actually, before I had kids, I was like, wow, this looks so cool. I really want to do it. But my mind was like, at 18, like, there's no way, right. no way I'm doing this 10 years of school. <laughs> um, so, you know, got married, had kids. And then while I was doing the biology, one of my professors actually worked at Bastier. And he was like, why are you going into nursing? Do the thing you've always wanted to do. So it's... <laughs> So then that kind of spurred me into thinking like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I could make this work, you mm-hmm. know, but it was definitely like one of those, whoa, like, okay, now I'm literally signing on for 10 years of school. That is crazy. Amazing. And yeah. it's interesting. It's so interesting. Cause I keep thinking of parallels with my life. I stayed home with my kids and then mm-hmm. I went back to law school, not the same as med school, but kind of mm-hmm. around the same time you did. And right. it was kind of a joy to me to have my mind immersed in something other than the the being home. And right. I, I actually did enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Still being so thankful and grateful that I had that time. So mm-hmm. that's amazing, Dr. So now tell me, I understand it's been, have you had your clinic for about five years or am I wrong? Yeah. So it's, it kind of evolved my clinic. When I graduated, I instantly set up a brick and mortar clinic in Bellingham. And this was 2018, so like almost five years. Yep. Then I had that open for a year. And then my same clinic, I just moved to a new location and was mm-hmm. renting out of somebody else's clinic because I realized I didn't need such a big 
place. Right, right. So I kind of downsized to a smaller building, which was really nice. And then COVID hit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, time to pivot. Yeah. And I kind of always wanted to do the whole online thing. My brick and mortar clinic, I was seeing clients mostly for age-related things, you know, like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, hormone imbalances, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of seem to attract that demographic. And I actually really love working with that. So it was perfect for me. But then I was like, well, I really want to go online. But you know, it's like, you have a clinic, you've invested all this time and money into that. So it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is going to be and I'm not a tech person. So I was like, how is that actually going to work? I'm gonna have to do all these forms. So then COVID hit and it kind of forced me. Yeah, to actually buckle down and do it. But, you know, I went through 10 years of medical school, not business school. <laughs> so, so it's like, okay, here I am trying to learn how to do the whole yeah. thing, right? So I actually joined a mentorship program. It's called The Wealthy Woman. It's with Dr. Michelle Rogers. She, she's a naturopathic doctor. Uh-huh. And she kind of went into the online space and she, and it, her mentorship program was amazing for me. Yeah. Just because she, it was just such a comprehensive program. Like, okay, yeah, this is how you build your course. This is how you do the social media. Yeah, business, that's awesome. you know? yeah. So I spent six months doing that. And then during those six months, building out my program for mm-hmm. my online business and yeah, then pivoted to the online space like a year and a half ago. And I'm loving it because I'm yeah. kind of a homebody. I really like yeah, I hear you. I mean, I'm right there. I'm in my barn. I mean, I love, there's nothing better than that. So there are some blessings and you are a courageous woman to be doing, starting your own clinic, then switching and pivoting to online. So that's, I love that. And I'm so thankful that I'm getting to know you. So now I want to use your brain and I want to squeeze some knowledge because I myself go through issues, but I want to learn about As I age, right? So I'm already through menopause, but some of my listeners aren't, or they're just starting to get there. I Mm want to learn about reclaiming your metabolism, your hormones, your mind, and your energy. And what I'm thinking of right now here today is metabolism. And I've done some tests. You know, I've done the Dutch test. I do intermittent fasting. I truly eat extremely healthy. And I'm telling you, my body is right here where it is, and it will not budge. And it's so interesting because I just went on a trip with our youngest daughter for spring break. Mm-hmm. And it was like all inclusive. I, I don't normally drink alcohol. I right. had some drinks like sugary pina coladas. I ate as all day long mm-hmm. and I came home and I weighed the same amount that I did. So I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, once I hit, I always was like really a really thin person. Like, I think when I got, when I had my first kids, I was a hundred pounds. Like I was Ooh, yeah. really tiny, like probably anorexic, if you really uh. think about it. Then once I hit like, you know, thankfully during school, like I gained the, you know, typical 30 that you right. like in, in medical school. Right. So I was way healthier then, but in some ways, some ways right. not because, you know, the stress and the, the lack of sleep. But yeah, once I hit 40, it was like, what the, what's happened? You know, <laughs> because I work out and I eat right. well and nothing's budging and it's not, I'm really taking it as an opportunity to learn to love myself as I am. And I always want my listeners to do that, to just love who you are right now. You're not going to be happier when you lose five pounds. You're going to be the same happy. But it's interesting to me. And you do sometimes feel like 
what, why am I banging my head against the wall? Not that I like to work out because it makes me feel good. And Mm -hmm. then, so it's kind of metabolism. And then I think the hormone. So I've done the Dutch test. I hardly have any hormones. (laughs) So, you know, I, and so I think too, like I'm not building muscle, even though I'm lifting. And so it's not really looking like I'm lifting, even though I am still Mm -hmm. makes me feel good, makes my heart healthy, but I'm so curious, you know, tell me more about your program and things that we can do. Yeah. So I'm a like, I love the Dutch test. It's actually one of the tests that I do run. I'm a huge fan of testing and not guessing like so many times, you know, it's like, Oh, it could be this, it could be that, or, you know, you run some basic blood work, but you know, the thing with blood work, you know, especially with hormones is that you're just getting one glimpse in time. Like, okay, at this moment, this is what it is. And it's just a number, right? right? Your hormones are fluctuating throughout the day, especially if you're a, you know, a woman, men do too, but not quite, you know, with the cycle, right? Right. And then they're being converted from one hormone to the other, right? So you're not seeing any of that in blood work, right? right? So that's why I really love the Dutch plus test, because you are seeing all that you're seeing, for example, with estrogen, you know, there's the precursor hormones like pregnenolone, gets converted to DHEA. And then, you know, then there's women have testosterone too, right? And then, And then there's the progesterone, which can get converted to estrogen and testosterone can get converted to estrogen. And then you have your three types of estrogen, right? And then there's the detox pathways that they could go down, right? There's the 2OH or the 2-hydroxy, the 4-hydroxy and the 16-hydroxy, right? One of them being more protective, one of them being more toxic and then one of them being more dominant. So and you're kind of like, you're talking over my head because okay. <laughs> this is what I want to say too, is I think you have a freebie that you're right. going to give my audience that has a huge list of all kinds of tests. Cause I'm just thinking right. people might be going, wait, what's the oh, Dutch test? We're going to get it. Yeah. So they can see what they need and what's happening mm-hmm. and what tests they would need. Is that something that they can do through you? Like, can you? For sure. Okay. Yes, they can do it through me. My program includes the Dutch Plus just because I do like to look at the hormones. Because like I said, you know, you can see how they're being converted. You know, one just one can be a little bit more toxic than the other. And then if your estrogen or, you know, your hormones aren't being removed from your body, you know, that can cause problems with, you know, your metabolism. Stress obviously can cause problems mm-hmm. with metabolism, you know, what you're eating. And then this is where I'm going to go into a whole nother test is like, I really like using a functional genomics test with my I don't clients. know about that. Okay. Right. So, you know, your Dutch test is looking at your hormones mm-hmm. and your cortisol. So there's the, you know, the stress piece right there. It looks at your melatonin. So that's really nice too, because of the mm-hmm. sleep, because, you know, lack of sleep can also cause issues with your metabolism. Thyroid problems can cause yeah. issues with the metabolism, right? there. So there's so many different things. Yeah right, that can cause problems. And that's why I really like to test because you're actually seeing the data, the scientific data behind Mm -hmm. it, right. But a functional genomics test. So the Dutch plus is looking at and you know, blood work, and you know, the most of the tests out there is looking at what your body's doing right now, right? Right. And this is based off of like, your years, your experience, what you've been exposed to, you know, your stress, your eating, your lifestyle, so many different things contribute, but a little bit of it is genetics too. Right, right. So genetic, the genetic test, a functional genomics test is not really showing you what's happening right now. It's not saying, okay, you have this right now. It's more looking at the blueprint 
Oh. you know, of the house, like, okay, this is what your bot, how your body works. This doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have these things. It just means you're predisposed to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just means like two people who are doing the same thing. If one person's predisposed to something, they may get it. Whereas the other person who's doing the exact same thing doesn't. So, and that's what I love about functional medicine is that you're looking at the individual. It's not just a, let's put this on and see if, you know, this works for most people, this might work for you. But Mm -hmm. like for my listeners who maybe haven't met you yet or had a functional assessment, and if they're having, like we'll say like me, where I'm through menopause, are there things you can do? I mean, I've tried to study foods you can eat to help certain Mm -hmm. hormones. Like I think sweet potatoes, I've heard help one of them. I can't remember which one. So I kind of tried to switch up. Are there things that you can do to help your hormones be there and be a little more balanced? Yeah, for sure. And well, number one, my favorite is just sleep, like sleep and stress. Like, (laughs) Like those are like the foundations to health right? If you're not getting proper sleep, if you're like super stressed out, it's going to just put everything off whack. These are the two things that I think are like foundational, obviously working with your diet. And this is where the functional genomics test can be really helpful because like some people lose a lot of weight on like a keto diet, right? Right. Then Then there's a Mediterranean diet and it's like, well, which diet is best for me? And a functional genomics test will actually show you you know, based on how your body is metabolizing things, what what diet is best for you. And that's why I do like to incorporate because you are getting a very personalized dietary approach to things. I want to take that test because it's so funny because I did a program and it was a great program because it was about your mindset and everything, but everybody kind of did the keto thing where you had vegetables too, but I didn't lose a pound. And then the fasting, there were some long fasts. I, right. So I'm really curious and I, but here's the good thing. My blood works good. Like things did improve because of what I was doing, but I didn't see a difference in my weight. And so it's, I'm so, so curious as to why, or maybe as my coach always said, maybe you're just where you need to be. (laughs) Right. There's that too, right? (laughs) Your body's just like, okay, this is what I want. (laughs) Where I want you to be. But I would be really interested in taking that test. How do I do that? Go to your website? Well, I do have, I haven't put a link on my website to it. I do include the test in my program. I do six functional labs in my program and that's one of them. I actually do have a link that I can provide you like when we're done talking that actually links like if you want to just do it yourself because it is one of those tests that you can just order yourself as well. So I'd be able to understand it if I do. It's pretty self-explanatory. They do. So they give like when I order it, I get like the practitioner report, Mm -hmm. which is like over a hundred and something pages But for clients. They do give them they send it through email. They have like Mm -hmm. a, a portal. And you can go on and they'll actually like break it down pretty self-explanatory. They even have an audio recording of someone explaining it. So it's really nice. I would love that. And we can put that in our show notes too. So we're going to put that freebie about what tests you can get. Okay. So sleep is important. Stress, keeping that lower, that can be hard sometimes. And then that's kind of like when your progesterone is low, it kind of automatically makes you a little more anxious. So then it's really right. a matter of trying to take care of your head. Any mm-hmm. tips on how to get more sleep? How to get more sleep. 
<laughs> well, I mean, there's the whole, I don't know if I like to call it sleep hygiene, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's like making sure your room is, you know, a cool temperature. They say about 65 degrees. It's really good. I like to wind down at night. Like if you've been like exercising a lot or in the evening or just really stressed out, just having a nice warm cup of tea, which can maybe backfire if you have to wake up at night, <laughs> go to the bathroom, but you know, okay. <laughs> it's still, I like to do it. Just have my like nice chamomile tea or some mm -hmm. other calming tea. Just sit there, read a book, you know, dim the lights, just get yourself kind of in that zone. Sometimes taking a warm bath can be helpful. Sometimes it can stimulate you. So it kind of just depends right. on the person, you know, not having a TV in the room is super helpful. And then just blue light is like one of the biggest things actually. Yeah. So, you know, turning off your screens, like, you know, two hours before you go to bed. I know that's so hard to like screens on your, your cell phone, your computer. Well, my, my book is on my screen. Yeah. yeah so so. Like, Getting like blue blockers, yep. you know, the blue blocking glasses. And then also there's apps that you can put on your computer or your phone that block the blue light. Let me see which one. I think I have one called Flux. Okay. That's good to know. I did not realize. So I could put that on my iPad so that when I read. Well, right. and I will say one thing that I've been working on to do is I've always had trouble sleeping. Not mm -hmm. just like as I went through menopause, since I was mm -hmm. a little girl. And finally, I just decided it's okay. I don't get as worked up about it. Mm -hmm. I try to take a nap if I can. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you can't always, but if I'm really tired, I go, it's okay. You're going to get, and then I don't suffer as much. Right. You know, knowing and helps keep the stress down. So that's another piece. Like it's important, but I don't want to go overboard and be all freaked out if I'm not. Uh-huh. Yeah. Another thing to think about is, you know, to going back to the blue light, just light in general is super important for your circadian rhythm. So yeah. like the blue light can affect your sleep, but how you set yourself up for the day also has a big impact. So like getting the natural light in your eyes first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. So first thing in the morning, go outside, it doesn't have to be long, just like get the light in your eyes. If you live in a place like me, you know, getting one of those lights, <laughs> those sun lamps. <laughs> Where do you live again? Um, Bellingham, Washington, you know, okay. the city of rain. So, well, not, yes. Yeah, well, I'm rain. telling you here in Minnesota and Wisconsin, I'm on the border. I mean, it's pouring rain right now. Right. It isn't easy, but I think I so love that. And I've heard that. And I feel like, you know, I've got these animals in my little hobby farm that I need to get up with and take care of. And uh -huh. Sometimes I have to do it in the dark, depending on the time of year. And that probably doesn't serve me well, because then I miss out on that light. But, you know, I do work towards that. And uh -huh. it feels like in the summer, I sleep so much better because you're out. Right. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's so awesome. So, you know, we just can do the best that we can do. And I'm looking at the time and I can't believe how fast it's gone. <laughs> right. I may want to have you back on after I take that test. <laughs> Yeah, the genetic test actually will talks about your sleep, like, because it's not just like vitamin D affects your sleep, you know, how your detoxing can affect your sleep, your eating habits can affect your sleep. There what was the other one, there is actually a gene called the, the clock gene that is your like sleep regulating gene. And if that's about like mine is suboptimal, like when I did my genetic test, I'm like, no wonder I have some problem with sleep. <laughs> well, when you found that out, what could you do to change it? Well, it's working with like just knowing that, okay, so you know, like, okay, I know that my body is like this, like genetically from a foundational level, I have problems with sleep. So just knowing that I can work 
like with the, you know, making sure the blue light. So I have to just work extra hard, you know, okay. that light, making sure I'm taking that time because it doesn't just come like, I always feel like the clarification, the knowledge is just like a little bit yeah. of relief. Well, now that makes sense. <laughs> that explains <laughs> No wonder I don't sleep. Well, all right. Well, Dr. Lena, I'm so thankful for your time and being here. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. As you know, as I wrap up my episodes, I have what I call the saddle up segment. And you've given us so many great tips already. Do you have something else that my listeners could do right now? Like one thing that could help them have a better life? Yeah, so I was going to say sleep, but since we've already talked so much about it, I'm going to switch that. (laughs) I'm going to talk about just like the stress a little bit, just like just breathing. It's like free. It's like, you know, like just take that time. And especially because, you know, your show is also about divorce. It's like, you know, you're going through a divorce, like no matter how great it is or terrible it is, it's going to be a little bit stressful. Mm -hmm. So just working with that. And sometimes just taking that time to like just breathe and, you know, just five seconds in, six seconds out, you know, just like resetting your, your nervous system, right? You have the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight. And yep. you have the parasympathetic, the rest and digest, right? And things are going to go way better if you're in the rest and digest state. And that's, that's what you do when you're breathing, right? Yeah. And I, I'm so thankful that you said that because what's really interesting is I think that people are starting to know this because mm-hmm. a lot of my guests, talk about that in the saddle up segment oh, about the breathing. <laughs> and I try to talk about that with my clients before we get in to a mm-hmm. heated mediation. You can do it anywhere. Just feel your breath in your stomach or, you right. know, be aware of it. Get back into using that. I call it the sage or the prodigy brain. Right. Get back to that place so that you can make good decisions. And you're going to have those feelings. They're going to, co- you know, pop up. You're going through something hard, but if you can right. work on that. It's awesome. So that's something, that's a tip that's going to help people through stressful circumstances. And I love right. it. So <laughs> thank you so much. And how can people get a hold of you? We'll have it in the show notes, but if people right. want to find you, where should they look? Well, I mean, I'm on social media. It's just yeah. Dr. So Dr. Lena Robertson. I also have my website. If you go to my website, you can also 
get the links to like my freebie, my, you know, functional lab freebie, <laughs> what you should test and why. And that's www.drlinarobertson.com without the dot after the doctor. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll have that in the show notes. Pretty, I think it sounds pretty easy to find now. That yeah, it's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I yeah, so appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Hey friends, you may have heard me mention my swan analogy, how mediation is a lot like a swan gliding on a lake, not necessarily happy, not necessarily sad, but content, calm, and peaceful. I especially want this for my parents. And in custody cases involving alcohol, it can be very difficult to find peace of mind if you're fearful your child's safety is in jeopardy. Soberlink helps ease these concerns and improve child safety, which is why I recommend it to all my clients who raise concerns over a co-parent's alcohol misuse. Soberlink has remote alcohol monitoring technology, allowing parents to receive real-time alerts multiple times a day, ensuring the child is with a sober parent. Similar to mediation, Soberlink is time and cost-effective and worth every penny knowing your child is safe. To begin receiving real-time alerts that your child is safe and to receive $50 off your device, visit www.soberlink.com different. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.